Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. Today, we have to add some names uh, to the list of fallen warriors. The Defense Department has identified three Marines that were killed last Monday in a bomb blast in Afghanistan near the Bagram Airfield. According to officials, three other service members and an Afghan contractor were also wounded in the attack, which was claimed by the Taliban. The deadly assault was carried out despite ongoing peace efforts to end the messy 17-year conflict. Staff Sergeant Christopher Slutman, age 43, of Newark, Delaware, Corporal Robert A. Hendricks, age 25, of Locust Valley, New York, and Sergeant Benjamin S. Hines, age 31, of York, Pennsylvania, all members of the 25th Marine Regiment, 4th Marine Division, Marine Forces Reserve, lost their lives in the attack. A command release said the Marines were conducting combat operations in Parwan province in Afghanistan, and the Defense Department provided no other details of the Marines killed in the deadly attack. These deaths in Afghanistan are the first for the Marine Corps in several years. Slutman was a Marine reservist, a veteran of the Ketlin, Maryland Volunteer Fire Department. Shutman was a 15-year veteran of the New York Fire Department and was awarded the Fire Chiefs Association Memorial Medal for his heroic actions rescuing a woman from a burning building in the South Bronx in 2014. He leaves behind a wife and three kids. Prior to the deadly April 8th attack, the last Marine to die from enemy fire in Afghanistan was Marine Raider Sergeant Charles C. Strong, who was killed in an apparent insider attack in 2014. The Corps has a readily, uh, relatively light footprint in Afghanistan, uh, just some special operators and a small advisor group known as Task Force Southwest, which is currently in its third rotation to the war-torn region. The Marine unit operating out of Helmand Province, Afghanistan, is tasked with advising the Afghan Army's 215 Corps. It's always sad, no matter what. Um, no matter who perishes, and uh, and it always makes me pause and think. You know, there are some people who speak so disparagingly about this country, about the men and women uh, who serve in this country, whether they are members of the military or members of the first responders, law enforcement, uh, fire rescue, and yet these brave men and women they sign a blank check with their lives every single day when they go out there. And that is something that ought to be respected. Um, there are just so many stories um, that I've, I've grown to know some of these stories over the years because I just think that nobody should have their life pass and it go unnoticed, particularly when they lay down their lives for others. And, and, and I guess uh, this is something I take quite seriously on Fridays, and I hope that you also um, have grown to to at least to pay attention to this portion of the program because it is it is important. Um, a lot to get to today. I do have some guests scheduled. Mark Lauder will be on in the afternoon, and at uh, 10.30 I'll be talking with Chance 
from the Shadow Warriors Motorcycle Club and that event that they're having in Orlando coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to check in with Chance about that. And uh, I'm going to speak with my friend Joe a little later on about uh, what's going on with this uh, this tax relief for first responders who may or may not be Florida first responders, but who are now currently residing in Florida. And this, uh, this bill has just gotten dragged and turned sideways, upside down, and there really was no reason for this. But we'll see what the status is and what kind of calls you have to be making in the next, you know, two weeks maybe. I don't know how many weeks are left in the session in the state house, but I'll tell you this. Um, elected representatives respond to phone calls. They really do. They they respond to phone calls. They respond to letters and emails way more than you can imagine. And when one side overpowers the other side in any debate, whether it's the immigration debate or this, uh, you know, tax breaks for the first responders bill or whatever it is, you have to be careful because if your opposition forces are out there and they're outmanning the phones, um, you are going to pay the price for that. Your viewpoint will get swept aside or swept under the rug. And I don't know about the rest of you, but my viewpoint is valuable, and I make sure that my elected representatives hear from me on a regular basis. They probably uh, wish I would go away, but I'm not going away quite yet. Uh, you know, the couple of big headlines that are out there today that, that really I find them absolutely fascinating. You know, the, the, the inability of the media to admit that they got it all wrong and that there is a, a you know significant evidence now that there's going to be some problems for the previous administration as a result of all this investigation which by the way um they launched uh it, it's not it's not something that we asked for you know um certainly conservatives in this country had no reason to believe that uh, the mighty men and women who serve in the military and certainly the men and women who serve in the highest law enforcement agencies, the FBI and the CIA, would ever be complicit in any kind of uh, electioneering or election, what do you call it, uh, disturbing elections or disrupting elections. It's pretty amazing how this uh, all happened. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Bibi, of course, has triumphed in Israel. It's looking even more like a triumph today. I'm pleased to see that uh, his numbers got even better once they were all in. And uh, the, the right is in control right now. And that's, uh, that's a good thing for Israel. Because the forces that were battling him and are still going to battle him, he's going to be much like Donald Trump. He's going to go through, uh, you know, this next term under siege, uh, which is probably why he relates to Donald Trump in, in the manner that he does. You know, I think that uh, they have very similar relationships with the media. And that's too bad because the media is not supposed to take a side. The media is supposed to represent all of us. And I, I think it has fallen short here in this country and apparently in uh, Israel as well. But the good news was that uh, the numbers stacked out much better for Prime Minister Netanyahu than we thought. Um, he is now 
uh, some of the alternative, well, not alternative, some of the mainstream media in Israel um, actually had a headline, which I think is so obscene, and it really does remind me um, about how the president is treated here. They said, uh, let's see, how did they put it? Oh, and you know how the New York Times editorial board put it? This is obscene. Netanyahu is now free to, quote, threaten Israel's democratic character and, quote, deepen the alienation between its right-wing coalition government and a majority of American Jews. Well, that's music to my ears. I hope so. Bibi's up one, Bennett's out. The right block is at 65 seats. The left, without Arabs, is at 45. Here, Netanyahu's Likud will be able to withstand any rebellion from his coalition partners, Lieberman, Kalan, and Smotrich. Um, he's sitting pretty on 65 seats and living in harmony with Shas and United Torah Judaism. Those are the other parties which are so easy to please. And in his fifth term, a record for prime ministers in Israel, looks like he can survive any one of his partners threatening a walkout and, a, and still stay alive. His next mission, of course, is to start chipping away at Gantz's faction by luring away some of its more right-wing members. And some of them used to work for him, so it shouldn't be that hard. It's true they didn't uh, exactly all part as friends, but uh, Bibi and Gantz's right-wingers, um, look, you don't want to be the, the dreary, you don't like the dreariness of being part of the uh, uh, loyal opposition. It's way more fun to be in the party that's in control. And in that context... We should uh, at least talk about how the uh, MK Yair Lapid, who on Wednesday promised to make Netanyahu's life miserable, has already booked a flight to Vienna, (laughs) where the chocolate is to die for. And as if uh, Netanyahu was not already the happiest prime minister in the Holy Land, he woke up this morning to discover that his two worst enemies on the right, whom he was going to be forced to invite into his cabinet, did not make it past the 3.25 threshold. They remained about 1,400 votes short of the promised land through, the, uh, through reports of faulty programming and miscalculations of the soldiers' votes and a whole bunch of errors to the vote counts. Hmm, sounds familiar. It even looked like they had made it at some point, and then this was declared an error. But in the end, they disappeared from the political map for at least one term. Moretz lost one seat from five to four. Labor crashed, dropping dropping from 24 seats to six. The Arabs are down three seats at 10. And the right-wing union, which is Habayat Hayahudi, has shared eight seats with Bennett and and Shaked, is now down to five. Shas, which was supposed to disappear below the threshold, did reach eight seats. Uh, the UTJ rose from six to seven. Kalan dropped from 10 to four. And Lieberman, also declared a goner, lost only a single seat from six to five. So there's probably going to be a recount of the soldiers' votes due to the unusual number of reported irregularities. And the courts will deal with other complaints over the next week. And then it's time for President Rivlin to hand Bibi his marching orders to go make uh, Israel great again. I'm just watching the the fury and the, fr- the frantic nature of uh, the media because 
they got wind that the president had actually told the Department of Homeland Security to release immigrants that were detained at the southern border into the sanctuary cities. You know, oh, he's trying to use people as pawns. He's he's uh, he's trying to punish the Democrats in those cities. And uh, well, wait a second. You know, these are the things that make Donald Trump my kind of president. All right. If you want to have a sanctuary city and the the idea behind a sanctuary city is that illegal immigrants will be safe in your city, then why is it a bad thing that the president would give you as many as you want, you know, even more than you might want. This is this is actually strategically brilliant. If if it's true, I mean, I never know. There's so much fake news out there that I really never know. Uh, I mean, I've seen it written about in CNN and uh, various news channels, but um, you know, maybe maybe not. If he did, if he personally pursued this and asked the Homeland Security uh, Secretary to follow through on a plan like this, and she resisted, that's why she's gone. This is what uh, it means to do what you say, to keep your promises. Now, the president is getting really weary, I think, of all of this. And he is going to, much like President Obama before him, begin to use his pen and his phone a lot more. And he's going to close that border. If Mexico doesn't behave and if Congress doesn't take action, I think he should. You know, and anybody who hates Stephen Miller or wants to call him a white nationalist or any other such crap, let me tell you something. Stephen Miller is right about immigration. I know it makes the uh, DHS staff and the DHS lawyers um, very upset. They wouldn't even give him legal guidance as to how to pull this off. But, uh, you know, Miller is going to have his way in the end because it mirrors what the president wants. And what these, you know, what everybody doesn't get, particularly MSLSD and all the rest of it, what they don't get is that this president may not always get what he wants and he certainly may not always get it as quickly as he wants it. But he is relentless. He will keep at it until something comes. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, if I were him, I would be releasing people into sanctuary cities every day uh, for the next couple of months. Let the sanctuary cities continue to, uh, you know, experience what they say they want to experience. A flood of people that whose names, uh, you know, they don't know, whose identities they can't be sure of, and whose criminality may very well be part of the picture. Just saying, you know. Um, if they floated and rejected this suggestion from the president, that would explain why so many of them are bye-bye. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. All right, welcome back. A perfect day because, of course, this is the day we pay tribute to the men and women who serve in the United States military. Unfortunately, we had list 
uh, uh, three names that we had to add to Fallen Warriors. But uh, I have an opportunity. I don't have a call screener, though, so Hobo, could you please uh, pull up? Uh, Chance is on the line. Chance, of course, from Shadow uh, Warriors, and they're a motorcycle club, and they do a lot of good things in the community for the families of and the men themselves, men and women themselves who have served. How you doing, Chance? I'm great. First off, I want to thank you, Joyce, for having me back on again. I think it was about this time last year that we talked about our last year's fundraiser that we held in Daytona Beach, Florida. So thank you for having me on once again. Oh, a pleasure. And I guess this time we're in Orlando, right, on May 3rd and 4th? Yes, ma'am. This time we're in Orlando, May 3rd and 4th. Uh, We're hosting uh, a couple of the Benghazi survivors. We have Chris Tonto Peranto. We're raising money for his foundation, which is the 14th Hour Foundation. Um, You know, what what it does is, is it goes to help raise money for uh, not only veterans, but also first responders that are in need of our help as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, joining Chris is going to be Dave Boone Benton, who was also a Benghazi survivor. Mm. Uh, he'll be there with us for both days as well. That's awesome. Um, and, of course, you get if you get involved in the event, then you can find out more by going to the Shadow Warriors uh, MC.com, right? Is that the no- Shadow Warrior MC.com? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. It's uh, Shadow uh, Shadow Warrior MC dot com, and our organization is actually Shadow Warrior Riders right. uh, Motorcycle Club. Mm-hmm. We are incorporated. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization, and we're basically the foot soldiers for five hundred one C threes like Chris's that need help raising funds and bringing awareness to the mission that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what we got going on on May third and fourth. May 3rd is actually our VIP night where we have a limited amount of attendees coming in. We're going to do the private meet and greet with Tonto and Boone. We have heavy appetizers provided, an open bar. It's going to be a wonderful silent auction. And then we have live acoustic music by Adam Martin, who's the lead singer of Blackbird Anthem. Mm -hmm. And Adam himself is a veteran who, uh, to help him deal with his PTSDs, got onto YouTube and learned how to play guitar and now he's become a recording artist and doing quite well. And we're also going to do book signings of uh, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, and Tonto's new book, The Ranger Way. Nice. Um, on Friday, that's our main event there. And I tell you, we've got some great things set up. We're going to do uh, have military uh, displays, police and firefighter displays. We're having three hours of all-you-can-eat low-country boil. Mm. Uh, now, me being from me being from California originally, I had no idea what the low-country boil was. But when I heard it's crab and shrimp and yeah. corn on the cob and potatoes, I'm like, yeah, that's for me. And a little uh, sausage. Don't doing, they throw a little sausage in there, too? They, they've got the sausage, yeah. got the corn on the cob, the mm. shrimp, the crab. And we also got free beer, which is provided to us by some local breweries. We have uh, local breweries providing the beer that our tactical brewing company, that's a veteran-owned company, mm-hmm. and also a company called Turn 2 Brewing Company. So we're looking forward to having them there with us as well. Mm-hmm. But then we got three live bands in addition to all that as well, Joyce. We have uh, Shadow Truths, Avon Cross, and, of course, the entire ensemble of Blackbird Anthem will be playing. And, of course, uh, uh, Chris and uh, Boone will be up on stage with me. We're going to be doing some live auctions. And uh, Ryan Weaver, I remember us talking about Ryan last year. Ryan is a former Black Hawk uh, 
helicopter pilot turned Nashville recording artist. Uh, he's also a two-time Gold Star family member. He lost uh, he lost two family members in Iraq and Afghanistan. So it's going to be great having him there with us once again. Mm, wow. And, and you know, this is not just a great event uh, because it raises money for good causes, but it's a great event because it's the fellowship that so many of the veterans and the warriors uh, need and their families need, just a place where people get together who are appreciative. Are you guys giving away an Indian again this year? We are giving away a motorcycle. We're not sure if it's going to be an Indian. We think it's going to be either an Indian or a Harley-Davidson. The organization that helps us procure a motorcycle is called iMotorsports of Orlando. They're also an authorized Indian dealer. They're going to be providing us a motorcycle, and uh, Chris and myself are going to do a live auction for that motorcycle the day of the event, and then Tonto and Boone will sign the motorcycle for oh, the Oh, wow. Uh, so that's that's going to be exciting. We're going to kick everything off with uh, you. You play poker? Are you are you a gambling woman? No, but I've done a lot of poker rides. If that's what you're going to talk about. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. yes, we're doing a poker ride, and yeah. it's uh, it, one of our members who is a captain with the Orlando Police Department and a motorcycle officer. He put together the poker ride route, and it is fantastic. People are going to have a great time. There's going to be a cash payout for the best hand for that poker ride as well. Nice, nice. Um, look, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, people have to have tickets, and I think you have a limit to the tickets for the uh, VIP the first night. That Those are like 50 tickets or something, so if anybody wants them, are they still available? You know, we have a few of the Friday night only meet and greet tickets available. Our VIP night, the tickets started at $100 and they go up. You, you get various things with the different price points there. Mm-hmm. For Saturday, for the main event, there's also a limited amount of tickets because, as you can imagine, it's hard to plan just how much crab we need to buy right. for this. Yeah. So we're selling uh, 200 tickets along with the free beer for that. And I don't want anybody to miss out. Like right. I said, it, it's it's great food. All you can eat for three hours and, and three live bands along with the military displays. The U.S. Army is actually bringing out an armored vehicle called a Striker, mm. which the kids are going to love to hop around and play on and have photo ops within it. Mm-hmm. So they can get tickets at the website, right? ShadowWarriorMC.com slash events. Yes, ma'am. That is correct. They go on there. Click on Get Your Tickets Now. In fact, I think I have a banner running along the top of every page that you click on on our website. Simply click on that. It'll take you right to our online store. And for those that, you know, they really like the mission that uh, that the 14th Hour Foundation uh, does for its uh, warriors, they uh, were having a pre-sale of event T-shirts, and 100% of the proceeds from those T-shirt sales will go to Chris's foundation, the 14th Hour Foundation. Oh, nice. I have to make sure to get a T-shirt. That's also available at the website? Yes, ma'am, it is. Yes. All right. I'm going to try my best well, to I'm get gonna, up there. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to hit you up again as we draw close to September because we're, we're busy this year. We're going to be hosting another event in September for uh, John Tigan, for TIG, another one of the Benghazi survivors for his organization, Beyond the Battlefield. So we'll have more details uh, coming up for that. As you can imagine right now, we're pushing hard and heavy to make this event for Chris and the 14th Hour Foundation the best. We want to blow it out of the water for any other event that Chris has ever been to. We're going to show him some Floridian hospitality. Amen. And uh, I don't even know if Chris knows how to eat crab, you know, because he's from Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> and there's not a lot of 
not a lot of crab down there in, in Omaha. So we'll we'll see how he does. He'll do fine, and he'll be eating that corn and sausage if nothing else. Don't worry about him. <laughs> anyway, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll find his way. I thank yes, you ma'am. a lot, Chance, for uh, for reminding us about this event, and also, uh, of course, I know it'll be successful. And we will check back with you about the Beyond the Battlefield fundraiser. That's in September, right? Yes, ma'am. September thirteenth and fourteenth, Friday right. the thirteenth. What a great night to have a VIP evening on, right? There you go. All right. Well, I'll be in touch <laughs> with you over the summer. Good luck now. Thank you, Joyce, and thank you for having me on once again. And we look forward to seeing everybody at the event on May third and fourth in Orlando. You have a great day, Joyce. Thanks again. You too. God bless. All right, my friends. Uh, that is a, uh, a good event. If you are a motorcycle rider in particular, it's a great event. But even if you're not. And you're going to be in that Orlando area or going up to Orlando just for this event. I know my friend uh, Rondo probably go up just, just for the event. Uh, it, you know, it's amazing to me how people who serve just never stop serving. It's, it's, it's kind of um, endemic. Or, or I find that in many instances you'll meet a, a warrior, particularly somebody who's paid a price, somebody who has been injured, somebody who has lost family members. And instead of getting bitter and withdrawing, they get motivated. You know, you look at uh, Brian Mast, for instance, and you see a man whose whole life is now devoted to the service in the uh, probably the most swampiest place he's ever served, probably makes uh, Afghanistan and Iraq look like, uh, you know, paradise when you have to go to Washington and serve alongside of people who think that uh, 9-11 was uh, something by some people. You know, it's amazing to me. And now to watch all of the, it's got to be insulting to sit there as a man who sacrificed so much next to the likes of a, a Rashida Tlaib or, a, you know, Elon Omar. Uh, Rashida Tlaib is my new least favorite congresswoman. The fact that even the, the Muslim ban being present, uh, currently in existence, it shows uh, to so many people like somehow as being of Muslim faith expressing your freedom of religion uh, in this country, that somehow that you're less than. And they need to see leadership from Congress members that say, we don't agree with this president. We don't agree with this un-American policy. And that's what we're doing by introducing this bill and pushing forward and using it to educate American people that this directly, this no matter what the courts are saying, I'm telling you, this was intended to directly impact people's right to express themselves through uh, their faith. And in many ways also feel make people feel less than because they're of Muslim faith. And I can tell you this is not a Muslim issue. This is an American issue. Mm. And it's important for us to take leadership roles in saying even when the president goes around, I think it was not once, twice, but had to do it three times before he got it right to find that loophole to mm. say, yeah, it's, it, it can be upheld as, as constitutionally okay. Oh, who cares what you have to say? Oh, wait. It's fun to listen to her because it reminds me of just how wicked and nefarious their presence in Congress is. They do this all the time to us, especially women of color. They do that. They take our words out of context because they're afraid because we speak truth. We speak truth to power. My sister, Ilhan Omar, she what she was talking about was uplifting people by supporting their civil liberties and civil rights. She has always, always condemned any strategy, especially if a person that's directly impacted by being a refugee herself. She sees what terrorism can do. She sees what violence can do to a whole country, to a whole people. 
taking it out of context. This is just pure racist act by many of those, hateful acts by those, because she does speak truth when it talks about different issues that they don't disagree with. And I'm really outraged because as a person that has gotten direct death threats myself, I know that her life is put in more danger. And I see her not just as my sister Ilhan Omar as a colleague, but I see her as a mother of three uh, trying to raise her children. I can't imagine their lives without her. Oh, please. We can't imagine our lives without uh, the people who perished on 9-11 either. But we have to learn how to imagine that. You know, when Barack Obama met with the new members of Congress, he told Tlaib that he was proud of her. You know, a person who supports a BDS movement uh, against Israel, a person who, according to the definition of anti-Semitism, is an anti-Semite. But that's okay, you know. This this is the same woman who, as an inaugural stunt, uh, put a sticky note over Israel and wrote Palestine on it. But hey, you know, if that's who President Obama is proud of, that should tell you everything you need to know about President Obama. Brian, by any measure, um, four thousand arrests in a day, one hundred thousand in a month. That's the population of the city of Albany, New York, that suddenly shows up on our southern border in one month, uh, is a crisis. And uh, it's a crisis because it overwhelms our border patrol and our immigration officials' ability to deal with it. And it's a crisis because you have to absorb that population somehow into southern border towns. And uh, so it overwhelms the humanitarian effort on our southern border. It overwhelms our DHS personnel. And frankly, it all emanates from the crisis that's been going on for some time in Central America. That's that was Jed Johnson. Uh, if anybody remembers, he was the uh, he was the uh, DHS secretary under President Barack Obama. And uh, even he sees that uh, this is a crisis and uh, he weighed in and I, I give him I give him credit for that there's no question in my mind that we have a crisis there's no question in my mind that we're ignoring the crisis and the crisis is growing and there is also no question in my mind that the president is about to do something about it just saying you know just saying and it's about time is all I can say <laughs> all I can add to that um, Today we have some other things coming up. Mark Lauder will be weighing in in about a half an hour. And at noon we'll be talking with my son, Derek, uh, from TMZ. Find out more about Avenetti and uh, certainly more about Kim Kardashian, who now has plans to take the California bar. You know, she's not going to law school. She's just going to take the California bar, <laughs> which is, I think, one of the hardest bar exams out there. Um and, you know, I got to tell you, this will be very telling because it's one of the few states where you're allowed to take the bar without going to law school. And it should be very telling about just exactly who uh, Kim Kardashian is. Her dad, after all, was Robert Kardashian, the attorney who uh, at first represented O.J. Simpson, but then quickly had to leave the case, uh, I believe, because O.J. told him I did it. and He couldn't defend him after that. And uh, we'll see. Uh, she may very well glide through, become an attorney, and to make a real difference. It is, it is something that I am looking forward to finding out more about. Anyway, so uh, we'll talk to Derek about that, as well as the uh, Nipsey Hustle 
memorial that went on yesterday for hours and hours, and some of the most incredible luminaries showed up to that. You had Stevie Wonder and, you know, uh, you name them. They were there. A lot of security. Then, fortunately, Louis Farrakhan spoke, and they did have the Nation of Islam, uh, you know, minions out there as well. But what can I tell you? You know, Farrakhan shows up at everything, kind of like Sharpton. They're kind of like bad pennies that never miss an opportunity to, uh, you know, declare some sort of racism or something. Who knows? Who knows what Farrakhan? I'm sure he'll pick on the Jews or whatever. Anyway, stay right where you are. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back. 